Hello, and welcome to the ATPE podcast, brought to you by the Association of Texas Professional Educators and covering the hottest topics on Texas educators' minds today. Hello, and welcome to the ATPE podcast. My name is Kate Johans, and I am here with ATPE managing attorney Paul Tapp. Hello to everyone. Today, we're here to talk about a topic finally not doing contracts, Um, we are going to talk about targeting. And that is a term that is synonymous with bullying and sometimes means harassment, but educators use it and really just everyone in our society uses it in a lot of different ways. So Paul, can you tell us a little bit more about when our members call and talk about targeting what they're talking about and how that's defined and when it crosses a line. Sure. Sure. Um, Like you said, I've been working with teachers for a long time. And over those years, I have seen the terminology change a little bit. Um, Used to when we would have teachers call and what all of the terms refer to invariably is a teacher who feels like they're not being treated fairly by their supervisor, whether principal, assistant principal, somebody in supervisory capacity. And I've seen over the years that term change from used to be everyone talked about harassment. It kind of changed about the time when there was a lot of talk about student bullying, student on student bullying. I started seeing um, a lot of teachers talk about being bullied by their supervisor. And then recently, um, again, like you said, that term has changed to being targeted. Now, the definition I will say, I'm a lawyer, so I tend to look at things as, as a lawyer um, and what the law says. The definition of what targeting and bullying are is not set in the law. Now, there is a legal definition of harassment, though. So as far as targeting, are people saying I'm being targeted because of a personal characteristic or is it a behavior? I mean, is this some is this sometimes like, oh, I don't get along with my supervisor or X, Y, Z happened and now I'm being targeted? Pretty much always it is the kind of the ladder of those that I, my, my supervisor's not treating me right. You know, and, and one thing that kind of goes along with the targeting, but also tending to go with the bullying too, is it, is it, is an idea that they're not treating me right. And they're treating me worse than they're treating everybody else. Now, a lot of times I will say a lot of times when I get into, you know, the, the, the facts of what it is, it's really going on. It turned out that actually, they did treat others badly as well. Um, you know, one thing I've heard over the years is, you know, my principal always goes after one teacher every year. And I'm afraid this year I'm the one because it seems like they are just, you know, they're just they're just watching me all the time. I feel like I'm being targeted. And that's the way it kind of comes up is I it, the targeting um, term. But again, there is a, a legal definition of what targeting is. There's not a legal definition of what bullying is. There is a legal definition of what harassment is, although it's different from what our common sense definition of what harassment is, which is all of those kind of come down to the question of, I'm being treated in a way that I shouldn't be treated. And unfortunately, that's not how the law defines harassment. Because I would imagine that 
that's kind of in the eye of the beholder. But so well, and it, it's in the eye of the beholder. And when it comes down to it, the law is what the law is. And what the law prohibits is it prohibits negative action based on someone's very specific, a, a group of characteristics and their characteristics that we've all seen and heard of before. And what those are, are they are you're being treated badly because of your race, because of your nationality, because of your religion, because of your gender, because of your disability. Um, more recently, because of um, your gender preference, um, your, your sexual preference. Uh, the Supreme Court you know, said that that was illegal, too. But to be illegal, this kind of harassment, bullying, targeting, we have to be able to show that it's being caused because of one of these very specific things. Just the fact that your supervisor is a jerk doesn't make the um, doesn't make it illegal. And honestly, there have been over the years, a lot of times when a supervisor who's been accused of discrimination, in other words, treating someone badly because of one of these what's called a suspect class, um, uses the defense of, no, I wasn't discriminating. I'm just a jerk. I treat everybody badly. And honestly, that is a defense to the legal um, claim. Okay, so it sounds like if you feel like you're being targeted, you kind of have, let's just kind of walk through the decision tree as far as what the best next steps are. I guess the first thing would be figuring out whether you feel you're being targeted because of what did you call it a suspect class the suspect class is the is the is the official term for all of those you know like i said race nationality religion all those categories that we all kind of have heard often enough that even even non-lawyers <laughs> tend to kind of understand what what they are and those are kind of i would imagine the same same personal characteristics that are not legal to talk about in a job interview. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly the same. Okay. So how does one, how would one go about establishing, um, I mean, what's the burden of proof for that kind of establishing that it's based on an illegal thing? And that is the difficult part um, because the person trying to claim that the action, the harassment, bullying, targeting is because of race, because of nationality, because of religion, because of gender, has the burden of proving that. And um, that can be really difficult to do. The fact that you are a different race, a different gender, different nationality of somebody else, we have a lot of court cases to say that is not proof of the fact that it's the race or nationality or religion or whatever that's causing it. You really have to have something like the person saying something about your nationality, saying something about your race, saying something about your gender. Like, you know, I think it we really, we really need a man in this position or conversely, we really need a woman in this position. They're the only ones that would understand. Or, um, you know, we have a lot of Hispanic students. So we've really, we really need a Hispanic 
Hispanic teacher in this position. Um, those kind of statements um, is are really what's needed as far as proof of the motivation you know, of the action. You know, again, just, you know, I think or I can't think of any other reason why this could be going on other than yeah, my nationality or my gender or something like that. That's not proof. And to make a legal claim, you have to be able to prove it. Um, and that, again, like I said, it's very beginning. That is a is makes it very difficult to be effective in pursuing one of these harassment, um, bullying, targeting claims. Um, because again, you need that proof as to why it is to be able to make a legal claim out of it. If you can't make a legal claim out of it, the only thing you've got is to hope that your supervisor's supervisor is a really, really reasonable person. Because without the legal claim, you can't force them to do anything. So if you do have a, a you know, if you can satisfy the burden of proof um, and are, you know, have um, an attorney that is going to work with you to pursue it from that angle, what what does that look like? Um, you know, is that filing a complaint with someone or how does that work? Well, and for teachers, um, basically what usually to deal with it formally means filing a grievance. Now, if you do have evidence that it is based on one of the suspect classes, almost all districts have a separate policy for a discrimination complaint. But again, that, that requires some proof of the motivation behind the, the bad treatment that you're getting, um, that it is because, again, of one of these suspect classes. Passes, quote unquote. Um, but really, what it comes down to, the official way of dealing with it is by filing agreements. Unofficially, you can go to your supervisor's supervisor, of course. First thing the supervisor's supervisor is going to do is going to be call your supervisor uh, and find out what's going on. So need to be aware of that. We hear we hear a lot from members who have gone to talk to HR about a situation. Again, what normally happens, first thing that happens after they leave is that HR calls a supervisor. There is no confidentiality for any of this. There's no requirement that, oh, I went to HR and I expected them to keep it confidential. You may have expected them to keep it confidential, but that doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to, even if they say they're going to. Um, that's just a promise on their part. And it's not one that is either enforceable or honestly generally kept in our experience. Well, I think it kind of is also important to think about what the role of HR would be in this scenario. And um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And HR is not generally there to be supportive of the employees. I wish that was, I wish that was the case. That would make my job much, much easier if HR, you know, was there to advocate for the employees. But that is not the case. Um, generally speaking, HR is to is there to make things run smoothly for the school district, which generally is not the same as dealing with complaints. And they generally don't like to do it unless, of course, like I said, they have, they really are put in a position where they have to. So what about the other case? You know, you've thought about it. You've got, you know, your supervisors being a jerk to you or your colleagues being a jerk to you, but it has nothing to do with any of these suspect classes. They're just being a jerk. What, what steps do you have? What recourse do you have? 
Well, and there, you know, there, there's nothing, there's nothing great. I mean, there's no, there's no silver bullet in this situation that the law provides, provides a recourse where the law applies. But if the law doesn't apply, you're basically asking for people to be reasonable. And that, again, that can be a difficult thing to do um, or difficult thing to get because yeah, if you're if it's a supervisor, if they're being if they're reasonable, you wouldn't probably be having the issue in the first place. So going and asking them to be reasonable can sometimes help, but honestly, it doesn't really help that often. Um, one thing that's true in education is that education, in a lot of ways, is not that much different from any other job. And sometimes the only way of dealing with a bad boss is to get away from the bad boss. It's a shame that that's the case, but um, that is the case. Sometimes it's just finding a different boss is the best way of dealing with it because you're not going to change somebody's personality um, by filing a grievance. Um, and again, it's so it looks all going to come down to what your supervisor, your supervisor is going to think. And again, my experience is most supervisors that are misbehaving. Their supervisor knows it. It's not a, so. It's not going to come as a surprise to them. Um, it's not like, oh, I had no idea this was going on. I'm absolutely going to fix it. Wish that was the case, but again, it normally is not. Um, so, it can be difficult. Again, like I said, there's no silver bullets in dealing with this. Um, if you don't have the legal claim by being able to prove that it was again based on one of these suspect classes. I guess I had one other question regarding the definition of harassment. Is is it any different when it comes to sexual harassment? Um, well, the only thing, the thing about sexual harassment, that's just one form of harassment and it's harassment based on gender. Um, you know, there is and there are two types of sexual harassment. One is, again, you're not being you're just you're not being treated as well. You're not getting a promotion because of your gender or something like that. The other is where you are having to you are experiencing yourself unwanted sexual advances or something like that. Or you're dealing with a situation, you're in a workplace where you're being made to feel uncomfortable because there's a lot of talk about sexual stuff and a lot of joking around or something like that. So those two types of situations are handled differently. If you've got a supervisor who is making you feel like you are being threatened um, be, with something negative happening to you if you don't cooperate with their advances. Um, that is what's called quid pro quo uh, sexual harassment. And basically what that means is that it is what it is and that um, that in and of itself is illegal. Again, you have to be able to prove that it's going on, but that is illegal. If you're just in what's called a hostile work environment, which is the other type of sexual harassment, where, again, you don't have a supervisor who's telling you that, you know, I want you to go out with me and, you know, and, you know, if you don't, something bad is going to happen to you. Um, but again, there's inappropriate joking going on or, you know, grabbing or something like that. That is also illegal. Um, and what you, what a person has to do to be able to establish that that 
is illegal is show that it is serious and pervasive is the term that the law uses. One instance of it, probably not going to be enough. Having it happen all the time is something that causes a problem. And being able to show that somehow it's affecting your being able to do your own job is also important as far as that goes. But those are the two types of sexual harassment, either where you have a supervisor who is making you feel like you've got to accept some kind of sexual advance that you don't want to in order to have either some good thing happen or some bad thing not happen, or you're in an environment that is making you feel uncomfortable because of your gender. That makes sense. Thank you for clarifying that. I, I was thinking that was probably a slightly different scenario than some of what we discussed um, mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah, usually, usually, and, and that's that's a term of harassment, form of harassment or, or, and such. But usually when we hear the term bullying and targeting at this point, we're dealing with somebody who's mean, you know, they're just, they're, they're, they're yelling, they're saying, you know, they're saying mean, mean things to a person. And that's what, that's what it is that we're dealing with, with that. But sadly, it's not illegal to be a jerk. And sadly, it is not illegal to be a jerk. Like I said, there have been numerous times when not only is that not illegal, it's actually been used as successfully as a defense to um, a legal claim of harassment. Well, and to quote, I believe it was a Seinfeld episode, the jerk store called and they're out of you or something to that effect. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, Paul, is there anything else on this topic that you'd like to impart to our listeners? No, I wish. And like I said, I wish I wish the law prohibited more than it does. Unfortunately, um, it does not. You know, as a lawyer, I always tell my clients right off the bat that, you know, I am far can be far more effective if I can point to a law that is being violated or arguably being violated in a particular case. You know, that's where my power as a lawyer comes from. Um, If there isn't a law that's being violated, you know, like I said before, we're basically just asking people to be reasonable. And it comes down to whether they're going to agree to be reasonable or not, um, which which can be difficult sometimes. So I wish there was more of a silver bullet in this, but unfortunately there just isn't. Yeah, sounds, sounds like the case. Well, thank you so much, Paul. And thank you to all of our listeners for joining us. I encourage you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss any episodes. And please also consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you so much. Please send any feedback or uh, episode ideas to com at atpe.org. That's C-O-M-M at atpe.org. Right. Thank you all. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the ATPE podcast. For more information about becoming part of Texas's largest community of educators, please visit atpe.org. The information provided in this podcast is for general purposes only. Individual legal situations vary greatly and viewers needing individual legal advice should consult directly with an attorney. Eligible ATPE members may contact the ATPE Member Legal Services Department.